0: Okay, thanks for the invitation to speak today. I I have a lot to say. The title of the talk is, See This Cup? It's Already Broken. And this is a famous story that comes out of Thailand. A Buddhist monk, Achan Shah. Some lay followers found him at his encampment in the forest. And they went up to him and says, we have a question for you. We have a question for you. How can anybody ever be happy with all the change and the impermanence in the world? And Achan Shah thought for a moment and said, see this cup I'm holding? This is a favorite cup. It was handcrafted just for me. It has wonderful color, it has a pleasing shape, and it holds tea really well. But if I put this cup down on a shelf, the wind might blow it over, or my elbow might knock it off, and it will shatter into a million pieces. And at that moment, I will realize that it's always been broken. And as I think about the times we are now living in, the challenges we all face, because things seem to be moving and changing at a much faster pace than even a year ago. I can remember a year ago, maybe longer, What am I gonna do today, I'd say to myself. I can't go outside. I can't go shopping. I can't go to the restaurants. What am I gonna do today? And everything sort of slowed down and became sort of like a retreat, if you will, a retreat from the world. And now we have a vaccine, and now we have face masks, And now we have people who want to go someplace and they're taking airplanes again. And cars, the freeways are just as busy as they've always been. And in my neighborhood, which is Koreatown, we have three new apartment buildings being built right now. Five stories, 10 stories, noise all day long, the pounding of the hammers, the saws, oh <laughs> yi I thought to myself, what happened to my peace? It was wonderful for a while, hardly any traffic, hardly any helicopters in my neighborhood because they were grounded for a while. And it's all come back. And I thought to myself, you know what? If I want to be happy, I can't rely on the outside. I have to find it inside. Because everything that makes me happy on the outside is subject to change and impermanence. I have attachments. I cling. I want it to hang around if it makes me happy. And I want it to go away as soon as possible if it makes me feel uncomfortable and sad. And yet this clinging and this pushing away is constant because the world is always changing. And just when I think I've put all the pieces together, just when I think I've figured out the, the, the way things should be, I take a deep breath and say, wow, how wonderful is this? And then it changes. And Achan Shah in talking about the teacup said, What we need to understand after it breaks is how wonderful it was while it was here. And most of us really didn't appreciate it. We just assumed it was going, going to be here forever. And we could always use it, and we could always look at it and appreciate it. But he said, What I have learned from the broken teacup is that while it's here, appreciate it, enjoy it, see the importance of it. Don't take it for granted because one day, one month, one year, it will no longer be with us. Now, as some of you know, I take care of cats. We have a cat colony at the meditation center. Feed them every day. I have changed my schedule to meet their schedule, and I arise every morning at 5.30, which, to be honest with you, is just a wonderful time of day in Koreatown, because it's still almost silent. And now, because of the time change, as we approach 6 o'clock, when I exit the meditation center to feed all my little friends the sun, is starting to come up and the sky is glowing and I no longer need my flashlight to see where everything is or what not to step on. And I'm enjoying it, but you know what? The kittens turn into cats, the cats turn into seniors, the seniors die, the kitties turn into cats, the cats turn into seniors. It's just this revolving wheel, if you will, of life and death. And cats, because they don't live long enough, are a wonderful example of how quickly everything changes and how attached you can be and how important it is to be able to let go of that attachment. You can also see the same thing happening in my neighborhood with the building and all the new structures is I wish sometimes they weren't building. I wish sometimes there weren't as many structures. I know people are gonna need a place to live. And I saw the web address of one of the new apartment houses. Luxury, luxury singles. I said, I wonder, this really isn't a luxurious neighborhood. I wonder how the singles are selling. I went online to see how much they cost to rent. A luxury single rents for $2,200. And I'm going, wow, who can afford that? How many people have been out of work for months now, living on either their social security or their unemployment or friends and relatives? How many people can afford to move into a $2,200 single not even a one-bedroom. I have to let that go. I have to let that critical mind just sort of relax. Knowing, all, knowing that life is unfair. That things come and go. Things I love are taken away. Things I dislike are pushed right into my face. i got to let it go. I gotta let it go. But you know what, people don't necessarily tell you how to let go. They tell you how to attach, you know? And right now we're in our, the season of Medicare. And every five minutes, if you watch television, there's another commercial. Well, you know, it's hell to get old, but it's really hell to have to watch those commercials. and I thought to myself, you know, they they tell us we need this. They tell us how to get it. They give us phone numbers and addresses and websites. And they, this is what you need. This will make your life good. This will make you feel so much better about being alive in 2021. How can I let it go, though? Who talks about letting go? And then I thought to myself, yes, 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 meditation, yoga, meditation. That's the key to letting go. Okay, think about this now. I'm going to be sitting down. I'm going to meditate for 20 minutes. And in those 20 minutes, I have to let go of all the things I was going to do. All the ideas I had about the future. All the regrets I had about the past. For 20 minutes, there's going to be no future and no past. There's just going to be the present moment experience of my life. But how do I let it all go? Well, if you're new to meditation, one of the techniques they like to talk about is watching your breath. Now, it's really hard to see your breath if it's not 32 degrees. So when they talk about watching the breath, they're talking about being aware of the sensation of breath, going out and coming in, going out and coming in. So you sit quietly and you count one to 10, 10 to one, one to 10, 10 to one, and ever so slowly, past and future begins to dissolve into the present moment. You have literally let go of your life for 20 minutes. And now you might say to yourself, well, how is this gonna be beneficial? How is letting go of my life for 20 minutes going to be beneficial to me in the future? Well, as we get into attachment and aversion, letting go allows us to practice letting go of attachment and letting go of aversion. But even more important than that, letting go allows us to let go of our life. Because one day, all of us are going to have to die. And it seems to be one of the most important things we will ever do. When you think about it. It's how many years have we waited to die. And as far as I can tell, most people aren't ready. So when, a time, when it comes time to leave, how do you practice? I had a friend at the VA, and he was dying. And his brother asked me if I'd go visit him. And I said, sure. And I walked into the room, and he was watching TV. I said, you gotta turn off the TV. I gotta turn off the TV? It's not gonna help you die. He was terminal. He had a few days to go. Oprah is not gonna help you die. You're gonna have to let it go. Okay. Well, what am I gonna do then? Well, I talked about breathing meditation, but I also talked about audio chanting. There are some wonderful cassettes and, and CDs and DVDs of monks and nuns chanting particular Buddhist sutras. Now he had been practicing meditation for a while and he had come to the meditation center on occasion, so Buddhism wasn't completely foreign to him. So I was able to find a CD and we had it played every day. Then the nurses said, can you bring a picture of him when he was younger? Because we'd like to see what he used to be. If you saw him then, you would be sort of disappointed. He, the cancer or whatever, it was ravaging him. So I brought a picture of of how he used to be and they put it on the door. So when the nurses would walk in, they would have a different idea of how he looked than he really did in that bed. And he was able to die rather successfully. You know, he didn't fight for his last breath. He was able to sort of let go and say, okay, being a Buddhist now, this is just one of many lifetimes. You know, so sometimes we have to let go of this life in order to enter the next one. And I thought to myself just the other day, wouldn't it be cool if I could leave all my money to the next me? (laughs) And so when I was reborn, I'd have a bank account. There wouldn't be much in it, but it would be a start. Unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. So letting go, disappointment. How many times have we been disappointed In my own life, in my own case, generally speaking, I'm often disappointed because I have high expectations. And when those expectations aren't met, I feel disappointed. I feel sort of sad because they could have been met if only it was a different situation or a different person or a different time or a different place. They could have been met. But the conditions weren't there for it to happen in the way i thought they should so now i have to let go of that i have to let go of my expectations planning yes it's good to plan but we have to understand that planning is happening right now in this present moment and it involves something in the future that hasn't happened yet so how do we know it's going to happen Anyway, number one, and how do we know it's gonna happen in the way we think it's gonna happen? Well, we don't. So again, we're disappointed. So does that mean we shouldn't make plans? No, that means we should make plans, but don't get attached. Stay flexible. There are a lot of workarounds in every situation, and it's our job as intelligent human beings to find the workaround if we can't take the direct route. Okay, but we got to let go again. We have to realize that our life is already broken. We just can't see the pieces yet. So we have to walk through life, I think, with an open hand and, and, and footsteps that don't make a very big impression on the earth. We just need to sort of go with the flow which I loved when I first heard it back in the 70s. I didn't know what the heck it meant, but I loved the idea of going with the flow. And in Buddhism, Buddhism, that's all we have, is the flow. Nothing stands independent. Nothing is unchanging. Everything is part of the flow because of the certain conditions necessary for the flow to occur. If there was no flow, there'd be no life. But the flow has the beginning the flow has the middle and the flow has the end and we can't pull it out of the flow and say no, no, no I don't want it to end I'm going to stop the flow right here can't do it we're stuck because the universe is one big flow always changing just amazing how this universe changes and then we have our buddy William Shatner wasn't that so cool he went to space? <laughs> you know, I'm thinking man, that's just an amazing adventure for a 95-year-old to go into space. But when he got back to Earth after his 11-minute flight, he said some things that I think just tripped people out. He said I saw life and death. I saw the blue, the blue f- film or membrane that wraps around the earth, and that's where the air and oxygen and life exist. And then, bang, just black and dark and nothing. He said, I saw the death. He said, I saw life and death in 11 minutes. And I went to the edge of space, and he said, there's nothing out there. It's all death. This is where life exists he said and this is the planet we need to save because there's no other place for us to live and he got very emotional and i'm thinking why did he see that because the other people who went up with him the three others they were drinking champagne they were laughing they were having such a great time but william shatner saw the reality of life, and he saw the end of life. And I thought to myself, you know what? I think because he was 95, I think because he was closer to death than he was to life, that that's what he saw. And the other people were in their 30s, and they were energetic, and they were all very rich to be able to afford that. So I am really glad that William went up there because he gave us all the message Don't take it for granted. This earth is already broken. Don't take it for granted. We have a chance to extend its life. We can't save the earth. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news because one day the sun will burn out, or one day something else will happen, and the earth will die, and everything on the earth will die. We don't know when. It's probably far, far into the future when that's gonna occur, but it's already broken. It's already a dead planet. We just haven't seen that yet. So what can we do to extend it? We can do a lot of things, but basically I think choosing a life of simplicity, choosing value over quantity. You know, we have a lot of things we can do and we can make a big difference in the world and we can extend the life of the earth and every human and other creature that lives here. But we have to be sensitive, and we have to realize the earth is already broken.